Welcome back. This is the 24th episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Joining me today to talk about longevity as an electronic music artist is DJ and producer Luke Slater. since the late 1980s, and by the 90s, his many aliases had become household names thanks to important releases on labels like Peace Frog and Novamute. By 2009, he had joined Oscar Tan, continuing to tour relentlessly and produce music with boundless energy, a quality with which he continues to approach his work today. His stamina is seemingly endless, and in order to keep up with the continuing love and demand for his music, it has to be. In this conversation, Luke and I discuss longevity as a DJ, the drive that keeps him going, and what it means for music to stand the test of time. Thanks for joining me. Yep, you're welcome. So how are you holding up during this kind of weird time that we're in. Uh, recently you tweeted that although you love working on music, you really miss being on the road, that you're really feeling that loss. So can you talk to me a bit about this time as you're experiencing it? Well, you know, I, what, what I don't want to do is kind of make out I'm some kind of exception to, uh, to the rule, because I think probably every person on the planet is feeling pretty isolated. So yeah, well, you know, I mean, all, all I really know is is I've been traveling every weekend since about 1993. Yeah, maybe I've had had like uh, three weeks of not traveling. So this is a, this is a first for me. You know, this this is this is a first literally not being able to go anywhere. Not only not being able to go out the country or to go to another country, but not 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 really being able to leave leave the house at first at first it was quite exciting yeah i know what you mean but now the the kind of exciting part has worn off and it's turned very boring yeah the the exciting bit's totally gone now you know that that finished last week at first it was exciting it felt like you had like um there was you had so much time to do anything you want you know there was no there was no deadlines or gigs or you know, you could suddenly decide you were going to become a uh, a specialist in plants or something. Sure. And that was great. That was that was absolutely fantastic, actually, for about a week. And uh, but this is the third week here, and um, no, that's 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 totally worn off now. I'm 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 kind of feeling quite uh, not not that inspired by it. It's become more of a chore, but still, you know, you, I I think. There's positives to what's. Strangely, I think there's there's some positives in what's happening right now. Such as. Well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to put on my uh, activist hat here, and this 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 is something I I really feel deeply about, and I've really thought about this. And I suppose other people have as well. What what's happening here is 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 something that's going to happen again. This this could be quite a um, 
an event that happens that becomes familiar. And the way I see it, this, this is a human problem. And the reason it's a human problem is a, a, a portion, a percentage of human beings are going around this world using animals to make money. Not everyone. I'm not saying like everyone in China is eating bats and, you know, they're sort of just sitting down now for and biting into a bat. But there is a there is a percentage and those percentage of people that are using animals to make a profit and the more profit, the, the better. This will keep happening and they will destroy themselves. And the sad thing is they don't care whether they destroy everyone else and themselves. They don't care because they don't have that insight into what's important. If this doesn't stop, when we're through this one, it will happen again. And f for me, the root cause of this is we humans are messing with stuff that we, sh we should not be thinking in that way. It's up to people to change that. You know, people have got to change the governments and the powers by people power to stop these people doing that because in my mind these are the people that are endangering the whole whole of the human race we we could be wiped out by one of these things and i think the scary thing is thinking about how rough it is even after just one month you know even if it kind of fades away and we're all allowed back outside surely there's just going to be another wave like in the fall or next year it's all a bit daunting it it it, it is but <sighs> You know, I, I think that's the positive thing. It, it's, it's, yeah, here's a chance for people to wake up and uh, see not not how to solve these kind of problems, but what caused them in the first place. And I'm, I, and that's a positive thing I kind of hold on to that maybe you know, if enough people talk about it and get it out there that this is really what's going on. It's not it's not just China, it's all over the world this kind of thing's happening. Then at least there may be at some point a change that we can correct this this sort of greed that some people have. I mean, for me this whole period has felt very surreal. Like I find myself really missing my routine of waking up at the same time and going to my office and doing my work like as lame as that sounds. So I'm wondering like after so many years of gigging like how are you coping with this loss of movement not only in terms of travel but also just in terms of like you said going out of your house uh like is this the most time off that you've had in terms of touring yeah <laughs> this is yeah this is definitely the most time off i've had but mm -hmm. um you know the thing is i'm used to uh on one hand i'm used to working on my own on music so i'm quite used to being on my own when i'm not out and about so um that's kind of helped but also you know I'm here with the family so there's lots of distractions and you know I've kind of uh, been cooking and really focusing on ingredients so I just I'm, I thought I'm really going to spend a long time focusing on really small things and uh, you know it's quite interesting because you learn how to do things you you couldn't do before. You didn't have time. You know it's like it's become like a is it what's a, uh, what's I can't remember the movie like the Italian um, mobster movie. You know when he's chopping the garlic. <laughs> yeah, and the finest the finest slices. 
you know, it's kind of become like that. It's like, you know what, I, I'm going to ch- I'm, I'm gonna chop this garlic the best I've ever chopped it. You know, I'm, I'm going to, this this meal is going to be absolutely perfect. <laughs> you know, and I've just been doing stuff like that. And um, all the time with this kind of where are we going to go kind of feeling, you know, where's this heading, you know, uh, just the whole um, thing. But, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think I've got it rough compared to some people so you know it's uh, I'm, I'm not kind of you know I'm, I'm, I'm not really moaning about it it's I, I want to be out there doing gigs and I miss the life that I had traveling around the gigs you know the whole the whole thing I really miss it but that's that's uh, that's where we're at in 2016, you told Electronic Beats that if you choose to be an artist, you have to be on the road. Um, you said something that I thought was really interesting, which was, what gives you the right to make all this stuff and just sit at home? Uh, <laughs> can you talk a bit about what you meant by that? Well, uh, yeah, I kind of, um, I didn't see this one coming, did I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think because... Um, I, I, I still think that's true in an ideal world. I think you can't beat that, you know, if, if you, you kind of got to do the work. And whether, whether those rules apply after this, I don't know. But, you know, I'm still going to want to go on the road. So um, I think if there's that uh, need then it's going to happen. And I, st- I still think that's, that's you can't beat that. You can't beat that, you know, sort of um, the whole thing of performing or playing or doing anything in front of real people is is is, is 100 times better than doing it on a video. Mm-hmm. But if that's all we got, then... Uh, Work with what you got. Hey, it's better than nothing, eh? So as someone whose main income comes from touring and from gigs, like, are you finding that this period of uncertainty is affecting you maybe not just on a personal level but in terms of your creativity like do you feel less inspired in the studio because you're worried or you have anxiety um i i think it's given me a lot of time to um i'm not really used to having a lot of time to to be able to procrastinate and just to do nothing so I think one, one, one of the unfortunate things is this, it, it's given me a lot of time, which means I procrastinate a lot. <laughs> and I think, well, I don't have to do that really because, you know, maybe I don't feel it enough. I don't have to do it today. I could do it tomorrow. And there isn't this kind of old life pressure. I have one day. Let's see what I can do. That's all gone. So um, I don't feel a kind of, uh, um, no, I haven't gone into like a massive creative splurge from being locked up. That that really hasn't happened for me at all. (laughs) It it has, you know, the whole thing's hanging over everyone's head and it, and it's, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's something, you know, I, I, I always got influenced by moving around and seeing people and music and being out there and life and that's that that's kind of stopped so I haven't written a new album in in the last three weeks 
<laughs> Just last year, you told Inverted Audio that there's a state you need to get into to play a good set where you kind of have to isolate yourself and like get in this zone. So I'm wondering if that is extending to your music making now, like now that you're actually in a real isolated space, is it kind of this, a similar sort of zone that you would get in when you when you play a gig? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, there's before a set, I think for anyone, there's a kind of a mindset of uh, going in there, you know. With the studio, I, th- I, I kind of see it a bit different because I've always, writing, I've, I've, I've always seen as kind of isol- isolation in itself. So unless I'm isolated, I, I don't tend to get a lot done. Which is kind of a paradox of what's going on now when I think of it, because now I can be isolated, but yet somehow it's not working. <laughs> so, um, but I, th- I think I think performing-wise, uh, certainly for me, it's all there's this there's this beautiful kind of level just before you play, where uh, it's like this secret room, you know, and you you got to go there, you know, just before you play. And it, and if I don't feel that before I play, I I know I'm not I'm not doing a good job. So how are you working to combat any feelings of like fear or anxiety over this situation? Like this is a very random example, and I'm only using it because it happened yesterday morning. Right. Um, but I'm working on an interview with Giorgio Armani for my full time job, and he said we were talking about uh, the situation, obviously, and he said that basically any doubts or regrets or kind of bad feelings that he has, he just works a little harder. And that seems to help. Like, is that the same for you? Keeping the mind occupied. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really, really important. And well, certainly for me. So I am someone who continually needs to be occupied with some something that's just in my nature. And I kind of realized straight away that this would be a problem. I'm, I can't just sit around and do nothing this is it's an impossibility and not good for anyone around me so it if I, th- I think I think if you let you know you know we we're going to get through this and times will change everything always changes no matter what how everything looks afterwards it we won't be where we are now um in six months time we won't so the the idea of the anxiety and and the fear, I think that's something you gotta you gotta get rid of that. You gotta because this it fear and anxiety is a breeding ground for for nothing good. And what's the worst that could happen? We could die. But you know, I mean, in in the great scheme of things, that's going to happen at some point anyway, right? So what is the point in? holding on to the idea that we we couldn't have just died anyway you know it's it, it's i'm kind of you know like maybe it's traveling around a lot but you kind of just get used to that idea anyway that you know you're on the road you you you're in your life but anything can happen and i i can't hold on to that sort, sort of fear uh, i think a lot of the media creates a lot of the fear as well and it's not always warranted, and I, I think everyone's doing pretty good, to be honest. There's no, you know, I, there's no riots yet, and you know, you know, there's there's no looting going on. People aren't, you know, burning governments, and I, I think that's 
That's quite amazing. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of that answer uh, that you are someone that always likes to have kind of a project going or you, you have trouble kind of sitting still. Like, would you describe yourself as a workaholic, for example? Like, yeah. personally, I wouldn't describe myself as one, but then there are moments when I'm not working on anything and I feel really, like, more anxious than I would if I was working. Yeah, well, they, there you go. You got, uh, you're semi-workaholic then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I've... I've, I've I've always been, I, I can't help it. So uh, I, I like to be doing stuff, anything, all the time, even if it's uh, not not always related to music, but there always has to be something that I have to do or I want to do. And um, yeah, I guess I am a workaholic, yeah. You mentioned that you're at home with your family. Like, how is it for you having those kind of distractions around and like, what are you doing to... I don't know, kind of keep yourself in work mode. Like, do you compartmentalize things a lot? Is that something that's necessary for you? Yeah, we've been doing that. So we, we, we've been doing that a lot. We've been doing like days where I say, right today, you're not going to see me at all. I'm, I'm going to go in the studio. I'm literally, not, you're not going to see me at all. And then tomorrow, you're going to see me all the time. So we kind of been keeping it a bit spicy like that rather than <laughs> let everything kind of just roll into this kind of wishy-washy you know there's been some discipline and uh and that 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 kind of works quite well i think to have some kind of uh split to to keep it sort of uh not too easy you know yeah i feel like for me it's like i have to Wake like Monday to Friday, I wake up at the same time and like do my work for my work hours sort of thing. Like it's really helping me to have some kind of routine, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, you know, humans need, we, we kind of, we kind of want routine. We, we, we want to know what we're going to be doing and we, we want that security of, uh, you know, routine is comfortable. So we feel like, oh, you know, I get up in the morning and I do this, that, and then I do that. Um, that's a good feeling because you know that works for you and you know uh, kind of how things are going to go. Um, some people are a bit, bit better at uh, not having that. Um, I kind of like it, but I hate it. So if it, if things become too routine, then I get really bored and kind of break the routine because it's more interesting than doing the routine. And, but you know, that's, that's just me. I'm not very comfortable with things being the same all the time. And I guess in this, in, in this instance of what we're going through now, it's, I'm prob mm, it's, it's not such a, it's not such, I mean, it's a disaster for the world, but it's not such a, um, a psychological disaster as it could be for some who have totally lost this kind of thing they held on to that worked for them, this kind of daily thing that they were used to and, and now that's stopped. For me, it's always been quite random anyway. So it's like, well, this is fucking random and it doesn't get more random than this, you know, but even this is getting boring now, you know, we're in the third week. I'm, re I'm really bored of the idea of a lockdown, you know, that's so the routine of the lockdown is now becoming like really annoying. Whereas in the beginning it was it was it was like whoa, <laughs> I can you know it was it was like a new world. It was wait you just can't go and buy stuff and you 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 know you're trapped. Wow, 
you know, what, what, what can we do with that? What can we do with that? You know, we could, we could tune ourselves to be different and it's a, it's a new world. You know, now we're in the third week. It's like, ah, yeah, but what about the old life? You know, so I, I don't know. The jury's out on this, uh, this, this at the moment, yeah. So a friend and I were discussing your work before this interview took place, um, and he was telling me that it seems like not so much right now at this time, but these days you're putting out more work and touring more mm. than you were when you were younger. Um, yeah, I've always been on the road. I think I'm probably more comfortable with that now than I was before, so I, I totally accept it and embrace it. Um, where there was a period where I thought, oh man, you know, it's like, is uh, is this what I'm going to do? You know, is this, have I got to keep on the road? You know, and do I like it? Do Is, is this what I want to keep on doing? But somehow, as I've got older, that's, that's I've I've kind of found that, um, really, really what, what it is. That's, that's, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. That's, I think it's a good choice. <laughs> what do you think has made you more comfortable with it? Like, is it just the act of repetition? Like you've done it so many times that now you're kind of used to it? I, 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 I think because, you know, there's a point that comes where you actually, you, you, I think there's a point, it comes in everyone's life where you, you have to look at yourself and decide what you're going to do. And I don't think that exists when you're like 20. But there's, there is this point you think, right, I have to make a decision now what I want to do. And I know that whatever I want to do, I'm going to stick to that. Because it's good. And that, I mean, that's what happened to me. That, that I made a conscious decision that I was going to do this 100% for the rest as long as I can and that that was a conscious decision there's there's no 80% here it's like if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it 100% and there's there's no backing out so that that so I guess as yeah I guess now it's easier to be honest and when was that moment that you made that decision like how early on was that oh yes uh I don't know I guess uh I guess in my 30s I think I went through a lot of difficult, a difficult period in my life on a personal level. And I think that was the, uh, the, the, the almost kind of like the epiphany of uh, looking at things that I hadn't looked at before to make that decision because I could have stopped. Mm -hmm. And that was also an option. Um, but I knew whatever I decided, it would have to be on or off. I could stop and not do any of this at all and choose a different path. Or I could go and that had to be 100%. And and that's that's the choice I took. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And so what about in terms of making music and putting out records? Like, do you feel like you're releasing more as you get older I'm just a, an obsessive writer. I can't. I, I. 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 love it. I can't stop writing bits of music. So even if there's no reason to write it, apart from these last three weeks, I'm. I'm always um, writing something. I. I. I archive stuff. So I. I write something, and then I don't really have a plan for a lot of it. So I. I just keep it. 
and then maybe at different times I come back to it, maybe I don't. I like that, you know, I like that idea of you write something. Um, don't throw it away. Don't judge it. Don't think, does this work now? Can I release this now? Is this good for to play out or is this, what? what is it? Just keep it, put it somewhere, put it on the shelf and then and then write some more. Earlier you mentioned this garlic cutting analogy. <laughs> Would you say that that's kind of transferred to your to your music making? Like, are you really getting that kind of inner focus? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so, some people are very kind of microscopico with writing music, but I'm I'm very much a kind of a bull in a china shop. I, <laughs> you know, I kind of go in and 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 it has to happen in a certain time and and it's broad strokes. And there's no, there's, there's initially, there's not a lot of finesse and I don't like fiddling around with things for too long. So, um, yeah, the garlic analogy is, is more like a, yeah, it's, it's more like a garlic crusher <laughs> than, than, you know, it's like, just get the garlic and smash it and then get the next bit. And, um, yeah, so in, in, in the studio, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like that, you know, crack on with it. As you get older, do you feel like you're having more of an urge to create? Like you feel like you have more to say because you've had more life experiences or would you say it's been just kind of like a level? No, I, I, no I do, I've just kind of accepted that I can't stop. I can't stop. It's, um, it's uh, I mean, I, you know, however, I mean, I'm, I must have written hundreds of records and I can't stop doing that. It's um, I don't I, I don't really have much control over that. It's a built-in thing. It's a built-in thing. Even if it turns out crap, I, I still can't help it. I guess I'm asking because I feel like as most artists get older, they tend to kind of slow down their touring schedule or just kind of generally slow down. Like, is that something that you were ever considering or are considering now? Like, not stopping completely, but just slowing down. Well, uh, not really. No, um, I don't see a need. You know, if if I'm physically and mentally able to do it, then I will do it. So the only thing that's going to slow me down is if 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 I get to a point where, you know, there's some kind of real issue with me being able to do it. And um, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's going to become like a test. You know, like look, you know if if uh, if the Rolling Stones can still knock out a gig at like 150, <laughs> you know, come on, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, there's no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a life, I'm a lifer. So I'm, I'm definitely a lifer at, at, at all this. This is, I'm, I've never been in this to get out in and out quick. It's, it's, it was a, is a life choice. Where do you find the energy or the stamina to kind of keep up with this really hectic schedule of work, like especially the travel that's required when you're touring? Does it really just come down to the love of music? No, it comes down to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to sleep. If you can get the sleep right, <laughs> you're good to go. Sleep, the shining diamond <laughs> that's elusive. Was that a hard lesson for you to learn? Uh, no. No, I've always liked sleep, but just never got enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my next question, I was kind of basing it off you saying that it was a pure love of music, but I'm wondering if that's 
kind of always been a driving factor for you, like this love of music, even in your earliest days when you first started out as a DJ? The whole music thing was a, an, a, a driving factor from the age of six. I mean, I'm, you know, um, at, at six I was learning the piano. At, at 10 I had a drum set. Uh, I used to buy singles. Well, I used to get my parents to buy me a single. And, you know, this piece of vinyl that you could put on a record player and this whole world opened up. I was totally obsessed every day with with sound and music. Yeah, totally obsessed. I, I, I was a drummer in a band when I was 13. Um, you know, I got into hip-hop, electro. I learned to mix through that. So this the, the the whole music thing is is just been an obsession of my life. It's it I whether I like it or not, it's it's an escapism to a world that is is so much more colourful, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe more colourful. So even before you got into electronic music and became a DJ, like you knew you always knew how much you loved music, if that makes sense. I don't think I knew how much I loved it, but I did realize that I it was like a drug. So it was it was um, if I had a choice, it would always be something to do with music. It would uh, I I tend to like hang out with friends that were into music, you know. It, it actually didn't matter anything else about them. <laughs> just it's just like if they're into music, then then you're good to go. You know, it's like a bond, and. Yeah, uh, everything's, it, it kind of pulled that in. So um, people c came and went through my life and people came on the music tip and then decided to get out and do something else. But I've I've always been this kind of, I, I, I'm, I've always been a constant in believing that. So um, it's, it's of no, it was of no shock to me that I ended up doing this. It was, it was, there wasn't a lot of options, to be honest. Do you think that that's kind of the key to longevity in this industry? Like, if you make music out of this pure love for making music or this kind of obsession with sound, you can kind of ensure a bit of staying power more so than if you were in it for the money. You know, I had, I, I thought about that before we did the interview and I had a really good answer. But I, I don't... <laughs> I I think de I think the determination and not almost not listening to people and what they think is really important because um if you're bloody minded enough to actually just keep on doing what you want and don't give up you know because it's it's how many people have actually given up, you know? It's it's a sad thing. It's it's I don't know. It's I don't think it's right to stop. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think, you know, I don't think you can write if somebody writes a, an amazing record, maybe it's a hit. And they might only be around for like a couple of years. 
and you never hear of them again. You might have DJs that are are there for a bit and then, then they've gone. And I've never really known the reason for that, other than maybe they just almost accidentally did it. And, but whatever the reasons for them doing it wasn't enough to keep on doing it. It's like, you know, they just popped in, did their thing and then went again. Um, maybe the obsession thing is not in them, mm -hmm. but some of us are obsessed with every aspect of it. And I think if you have that, you kind of end up just living around it and then you have no choice because you're sort of you become so knowledgeable and so involved in everything that you are there you're you're part of it and i think there's luck as well you know i've i've been in the right place at the right time a few times in my career and in my life and i think i've been lucky so I don't, I don't think it's something you can, uh, you know, sometimes I look at it, I think, wow, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, you know, but it, it, it honestly doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like I've been doing it as long as I have. It's, it's always a challenge. And uh, I like that, you know. I think it also, is, you know, be careful what, what you wish for, because sometimes when you get to this place you're trying to go, uh, it's actually not that interesting there. It was more interesting <laughs> trying to get there than actually being yeah, there. That's a good point. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I guess I'm always looking for that sort of get, getting there bit rather than the actual living, the I have got there bit. I kind of I I like the rise rather than, I like getting up the mountain, but you know the view gets a bit boring after a while at the top. <laughs> What you said at the beginning of that answer about you, you said you think it's wrong to just kind of stop. But like, I'm wondering if maybe that's easier for you to say because you've had a lot of success. Whereas what about a DJ who's been like, you know, working super hard for their whole career and never really made it? Mm. When, when is enough enough? Well, you know, are they any good? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, there is an element of, audience in this you know and I've always been aware this isn't just about me if I'm doing a gig I, I have a, a room full of people and that's part of the thing the whole you know people if people are listening to the music um, they're part of the whole thing you know it's not it's 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 important so um, I think that's when I, when, when I was saying before just just writing something and sticking it out there and hoping that everyone's going to jump on it and you know it, it's I don't think uh, that's not enough work it's um you're not really engaging trying to engage people and I think that's an important part of it um is realizing that that you know you are to some degree an, an entertainer so so be be that or don't be it but then you've got to live with the consequences of of what you decide i don't know i mean i'm very happy to still be doing what i'm doing i'm i'm really uh very lucky i think we talked a bit about this briefly but uh is longevity something that you're thinking about as an artist like 
you mentioned that you are a lifer, you know, you want to do this until, until your last breath. Like, I think this is something that comes up a fair bit with like filmmakers or artists, for example, that do it until they die. But I feel like you never see like a 80 year old DJ. Yeah. Do you think longevity is something that's harder to accomplish in the electronic music industry? Um, well, I guess we'll find out because me being one of the early DJs, I guess, I don't really know. There's, there's, I don't know whether there is an 80 year old techno electronic <laughs> DJ. <true>. Yet. I <laughs> think, I think we get of, of my era, there's, you know, like who's going to get to 80 first and still be doing it. And do you, do you look any good? You know, I mean, if, if you're up there with a Zimmer frame, it's, <laughs> That's that's not going to cut it, you know. You got to kind of look like you're okay. So, um, physical fitness, mental health, you know, if you can hold on to that, I think you've got more a chance. But you know, if you're kind of like falling to bits, man, that's it. Doesn't look good, you know. And, and maybe you can like retire more into a, you know, some kind of more studio role or or. or or teaching or something like that. But, you know, I'd rather be performing and making and, and, and doing. And that's, 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 that's what I want to hold on to. That's, <laughs> I'll tackle the other stuff when it comes. So in response to a question uh, in another interview of yours about why you decided to retire some of your aliases, you said that you never liked the idea of having something that must be permanent. So can you talk to me a bit about this idea of like permanence or impermanence in terms of your work? Well, I, I think, uh, I think, I think, I just think it's great to do something and then bring it to a, a point and then to stop because I think, I think what happens, it, it, it kind of goes into like, um, you know, when you get a great, a great film and the sequel's okay and the third one's it, it's it's not that great but then they do three more and it turns into something completely different you know and I've always kind of thought that about a bit about when you're doing a project is um you might it, it, the same thing is it, it there's, there's a point where you have to stop because otherwise it becomes almost uh, um too, too comfortable in itself so uh, it's also a bit boring so it's it's it, it's i think a luxury is to be able to do something new and exciting rather than to keep on doing the same thing because because that thing is 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 substantially rooted so you know planetary assault systems is did stop for many years and then it started again and it's kind of comfortable where it is. But even that, you know, there's 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 times where I just want to start something completely fresh and with absolutely no fan base at all, just to see. Uh, it's, it's one of those luxury things that can't always be because... Uh, it's like it's like the guy that writes a pop song and has a hit and then he thinks yeah that was great but that's not really me i've got something deeper to show people and then he writes something shit and everyone goes well <laughs> I, that's really crap compared to your pop song 
you know, and, and then I think, yeah, and they have a right to say that because they liked his pop song. They don't want, an, they don't want him to do all this uh, twiddly, sad stuff about his life. You know, that was a great pop song, and I love that pop song. So I kind of, th- there is this sort of, uh, you know, voice on the shoulder that says, you know, um, something like planetary is, 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 is rooted and is substantial because it is that. Because people like it, and because I like it, it might not be the same freshness that I felt when I first started doing it. But you know, it's um, if you're going to do something new, then you, then you can't expect to suddenly think people will just buy into that. They won't just go, uh, "Oh, well, Luke's done this new thing. It's totally, you know, not what we expect." Um, we'll give it a go, but we're going to judge it against everything else he's done. And, you know, that's what people are going to do. So you, you, as long as you realise that, I think that's that's important. You, you're not... Um, you, you Just because of what you've done doesn't give you any right to be able to get away with something that people don't like just because of, because of what happened before. Yeah, you know, there's the old saying: you're you're only as good as your last record. So, yeah, and I re- I believe that. You know, and it's a, it's a good it's a good it's a good it's a good reality check as well. It's like yeah, don't don't even think about what you've done. It's it's what you're doing now. You know, what are you what are you doing now? Because you build up such a history of what you've done and the way people perceive it, and they like it or they don't like it. Um, you've got to live with that. So you got you got to live with that, yet still do something great, and that's actually harder than when you start, because when you start, there, there's nothing. So you whatever whatever you do is a plus, but when you're dealing with all this history, it's it's sometimes it can be quite a a balance of of what of that history you're going to use now, and how much of these fantastic new ideas are you going to bring into it. It's more, it's quite a challenge, I think. But but then you, you own your history, you know, it's what you did. So, you know, grow a pair and deal with it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and so what about longevity in terms of, like, the actual music? Is that something you're thinking about, like, when you're, you know, when you said you're trying to make something that's great, are you also trying to make something that's, like, timeless or classic or something that will stand the test of time? Obviously, a record like your Freak Funk from the late 90s is a good example of music that's considered kind of timeless. No, I haven't, I haven't tried. I've never, I've never tried to write a classic. No. So I just write what I write. And some of those tracks have stood the test of time and I guess maybe I guess those tracks really connect with people in some way so it's not always the tracks that I thought would still be played and around now there's lots of tracks that I thought were really good um that don't really get much of a mention so it's definitely not I I never I've known tracks are good but I never um I never had a thought how long they would be relevant, but I've always known that I've always known what I write is not throwaway. It's not, it's not always easy, 
but it's 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 not music that's uh, it could be Ray simpler and Ray more throwaway. So I've never really gone down that route of doing too much uh, throwaway music. There's always I, I've always wanted elements in it that could possibly make it a bit more. And so, what about like thinking about techno as a genre in general? Like at the time when you first started out, did you think that techno would be a, a genre that would last until now? Yeah, yeah, I did. I really did. I I was so convinced that it was just a new, um, a t- um, as big as you know the any other. Um, but it, it, it was where everything needed to go. So it was a new, a new thing. Is I mean, it, it kind of ties in with house a bit as well. But the whole house techno um, invention, to me, was was entirely the future. It was it was the future around all music would be based and. I never really thought that that I st- I still don't think it now that that it's really going to change in that way because so much has come from it and there's different versions of it but underneath it all it's the same principles as the original music. Um, I'm trying to think of the right a kind of a revolution in music for I I, I think and I think that's been proved over and over again that. Um, no matter if it's not true techno to the original form, the the whole ethos and the idea behind it just keeps on being reinvented. And um, and the more that happens, I feel more and more part of sort of the original invention of that time. And um, so now I could probably say I was... Uh, it looks like I was right. You know, if it's like, well, you know, 30 years since I thought that, well, that's, yeah, that's a lifetime, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, no, I've I've never thought it was a fad. Never thought it was a, a craze or a, um, a passing fashion. I always thought this is actually something serious, you know, that's, that's, that need, that's really pleased it happened you know this is where it should be this is this is the way people should be thinking hmm. and so with that in mind how was it for you revisiting the past Oscott releases for your Berkheim 15 mix uh like when you were listening back to these tracks could you tell kind of what pe- time period where they were from or like did they sound classic or did they have these kind of fundamentals of techno that you mentioned what was that like for you the thing with the the Oscott mix so I had to really develop um, a way of doing this because, you know, 130 releases, let's say three tracks on each EP. So that's, that's what, that's, that's, that's 390 tracks. Right. So, you know, if I didn't actually, um, what happened with that, with, with the, the idea, you know, was to get all these records and and make um, out of 130 releases, I ended up making 26 brand new tracks from those releases in sets of 10. 
So every 10 releases would make a new track. But I ended up making more anyway. Um, but to do that, I, I had to so had some race-specific rules. So it couldn't be a mashup. So it, it couldn't be like getting one of the tracks and then just using another track to like, you know, make it a mashup. That that was out. It couldn't be a remix. It couldn't be a remix of one of the tracks for many reasons. Um, because I didn't want that, but also it's very focusing on one release, right, one artist. Um and I couldn't listen to the tracks in as a as a DJ or a uh a performer. I had to listen to the tracks only for what the sounds were in the tracks. So when Daniel from Oscar, he, what he did, I said, look, if we're going to do this, we need to get like a Ford production line going. That's, I said, we, we can do that. I started this in September. So I thought this, this is only going to work with a Ford production line. So he, he would get the batches of 10 tracks and he'd put them in Ableton Live on each channel. So each release was on the channel. And he would time up all those tracks so everything was in sync. Um, that was that was the job he did, and I have to hand it to him. You know that that was the engineering job that I didn't want to do, and it would have taken me too long to do that. So he did that, but also I couldn't see a lot of the time what tracks were, and I didn't want to know. So I'd get the batches of ten and just go through it and just pick bits that I like. A lot of the time I didn't even know who had done the tracks, even though I know the tracks. So there was a lot of ones that I didn't know. There was a lot of ones that I missed. You know, and sometimes I'd play one and go, wow, that's a really good track. I, I didn't even know that track, you know. But then I had to go back and say, no, stop that. Just Just pick the bits you want. So I had to put my mind in, into a mindset of, only studio this was just a box of sounds and out of each one of these boxes I had to make something that sounded something I would make that felt good to me but also reflected the artists in those records and Oscarton and Bergheim at the same time and that's what I did so you know every week um Daniel would send me the new batch and because of that not pressure but kind of because the Ford production line was running I had to keep up to speed to get it done so that's what makes me work so every week uh, like Daniel would say ah I've got numbers 20 to 30 this week you know and I go wow I haven't even finished 10 to 20 yet so I had to quickly you know so there was this kind of pressure and this whole and then I had to sit down and make the track and the track had to be good it had to it had to be something that I like and I could play so there's all these rules and somehow amazingly I mean it was it was continuous week by week work and 26 tracks later I think it was February it was it was finished and then I got those tracks and mixed some of them together in a very traditional way, you know, just mixing them in and out because I kind of had this, the, the original idea was let, let's take the concept of a DJ mix and let's 
let's pretend that really isn't that exciting. Just a DJ mix, you know, like a record. I mean, it was exciting in 1988, but yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's good. But you know, maybe we can do something more exciting. And that's how the idea started. Well, how about I make some tracks from that and then mix them together? Tracks that never existed before. So the concept was to kind of move the DJ mix out of uh, almost going against myself being a DJ, saying, well, maybe it's not so exciting doing the DJ mix. Let's, Let's do something really new in the concept of a DJ mix. And... And that's that's the idea took about five minutes and then to carry it out took like six months. <laughs> um, I have a few questions based on what you just said. So I was going to ask you how you picked which bits of which tracks to use. You know, I was going to say, like, did you pick the most recognizable parts? Um, because I feel like on, on the mix on SoundCloud, there was a lot of comments being like, oh, I recognize these chords from this or these pads from this sort of thing. I think it's really interesting that you chose to just have a kind of blank slate. Yeah, I had to. I mean, yeah, because some of the tracks I knew really well. And, uh, you know, obviously some of those tracks were bigger hits, were more widely known than other bit. And, but I still had to be very sort of um, neutral about yeah sometimes there was a bit i picked and it was that hook that everyone knows um and but maybe sometimes on some of the tracks i'm i'm taking just a kick or a minute part but it's actually a really well known record but it's just luck of the draw so there was a, you know sometimes it did people will recognize hopefully some of some of the tracks but there's a lot of bits in there that they're never going to pick out but without that bit in there, it wouldn't. The track wouldn't be what it was. So, in you know, every element is important. But there's, I guess, it's fun. You know, people can see whether they can spot bits of the track. Yeah, I can see it now. You know, it's like Train Spotters Paradise. So, ah, uh, that hi hat. You know, that's ah, uh, that's definitely from. You know, there'd be, there'd be someone who knows that stuff. So overall, like when I found out about the project and listening to your explanation just now, it seems like a completely insane amount of work. Uh, and insane, yeah, yeah, insane, yeah. <laughs> and I was going to ask you how you found the time or the energy or the stamina to kind of keep this project alive and like keep yourself motivated to keep doing it. But it's nice that you had uh, Daniel to work with to kind of keep you going. Yeah, Dan, yeah, Daniel was the uh, cool, calm, collected sort of pusher. Hmm. You know, the relentless. You know, I get I get back on the Monday from gigs, and then Daniel would say, "Oh, I've just uploaded the uh, number forty to 50. You know, and that was like a subtle kind of uh, check at where I was at. So, um, yeah, it 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 it, it was you know I was cursed. You know, probably in the middle of it, I thought what the, you know, what the fuck have I done, man? That's, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna finish this. You know, it's, it's, how can I even do this? It's, there's not enough time. Then it's all got to be mixed together and it's got to be good. But once I was, I think once I was through the halfway part, then I I knew that I was going to get there with it. So it was just continuous work, really. I mean, do you ever get that feeling on other projects that are like less work, for example, like 
when you're making a regular record, uh, do you ever get that feeling of like, oh my God, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I can't, I'm not going to be able to finish or what have you. No, um, no not really because um, it's kind of a different, th this, this was very much a kind of a, uh, a different challenge really. So the, 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 the bit of writing was my normal challenge of trying to write something um but all the other stuff was kind of mixed in with that so you know the, the way i work when i'm doing other tracks never it's never like that it's never this kind of production line um idea i just thought the production line idea was kind of i liked it you know this kind of idea of this conveyor belt with bits to chew up and you know it had to keep on going this relentless machine of 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 things you know uh, i oh, i kind of got into that idea but only for this i don't think uh i don't think i can't I, that's not the way i work really you mentioned also that you know a dj mix isn't really something that's that exciting for you anymore like are you feeling like you need to have a big challenge or like a big idea to keep yourself going are the, are the regular parts of being a DJ boring to you now? I, don't, I mean, I love DJing, but, um, you know, I, I I don't play vinyl. I haven't played vinyl for many years because the I think vinyl is very limited in what you can do with it. And uh, it, was, it was good back then, but, um, you know, it's much more creative to use, for me to use, like, tractor for DJing because I can do more with it and um, that keeps me going. So yeah, there's, there's, I, I am the sort of person who constantly needs these challenges uh, to keep things exciting. Um, but I think you can mix that in with what you do anyway. Um, because, it, you know, if you get bored of what you're doing, if you get bored of doing the same thing, then that comes across that, you know, pe people suss that out in the end. They go, yeah, well, you know, look, he's just doing the same old shit and he doesn't look very excited about doing it anyway. And I, I think if you get like that, you might as well stop. You might as well just say, you know, you can do it for the money for a bit, but ultimately you're not going to win. You, you're going you're gonna to have to stop because it's, it, you know, it's not a good way to live. You know, just doing it, do, doing something for the money or because you can do it it's 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 just not enough it's there has to be ch challenges i think exciting things in 2009 you did an interview with minimal sausages <laughs> and you talked about when you discovered street sounds electro hip-hop volume one and you said that you really became obsessed with it and that yeah. you felt like you'd found your identity or you said i had an identity can you talk a bit about that feeling for you at the time like kind of finding that identity yeah i mean you know it was it's probably a story that applies to any generation but you know at that time i guess like 82 1982 you know it was school days it was like it was this sort of feeling that um i don't know whether it's the same now but this kind of idea that your life you know, we had things at school called uh, careers officers. So you'd have to go and see this person at school. 
and you had to sit down with them and they would say, right, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> you know, what, what do you want to do as a job? And everyone was like, you know, it was, it, nobody wanted to go and see the careers officer. It was like really sad. It was like a sad thing to do, you know. <laughs> Anyone who did go there and actually liked it, you know, you kind of thought, oh, okay, right, maybe they, maybe they do want to be an accountant, and that's good, we need accountants. <laughs> so the careers officer became this kind of really terrible statement of someone trying to tell you how to le live your life. And we didn't know what we wanted to do anyway. So... It was it was kind of a, it was a really weird time to be a teenager, but at the same time there was a lot going on with music. There was all eighties new wave, and and people were dressing up and uh, wearing red patent shoes and great things like that. And uh, and then when, but the 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 music was very kind of pop orientated, and then. My friend came to school and he had this thing called Electro Volume 1 and I'd never heard of it. And he, and he said, you've got to come back at lunchtime and check this record out. And I went, yeah, man, let's go, let's go and check it out. So we went back and he put it on and it was like, Jesus, this, this, this is, I've never heard anything like this before. This is amazing. This is something so good and raw and almost minimal compared to pop songs. They weren't even songs. They were just kind of these beats with stuff on. And there was these noises and there was scratching and there was all this, they were mixed together. It was, it was, it was like somebody came to me and sort of served up my future. They, they sort of served up and said, this is what you've been waiting for. Now you can go forward. And I still remember that day because it was such a, almost a relief to to actually find something that you believed in a hundred percent and and you knew it was right. You knew it was right. There wasn't any, uh, it's a bit of music. This is, I, I am going to dedicate my life to what I've just heard. And, you know, it was, um, that's really how it was. That was literally that day. And from that, that I was a different person the next day, totally different. And, you know, that, that and I, I guess things just continued from that, that, that idea that you could be, that, that it made so much sense that that is why, what, what I wanted to do with my life was, was be involved in this idea of, uh, uh, not pop music, but, dance music in the, in this way this kind of freshness of everything i always wanted to be involved in that in some way and so that's you know that 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 was a start that was the start of it really i i guess i guess that happens i think that probably does happen in generations but maybe not every generation you know mm -hmm. do you hope that people listen to your music and feel that way I'd love to think that people do and I this idea that somebody's listening to to my music is 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 really um 
uh, a, be- a beautiful thing to think about. It's it's really special. I feel like I'm t- I've talked to them, you know. So um, even if they don't like it, so so yeah, this kind of um, bond is 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 special with music. I think yeah, I really do. And so obviously, I mean, music is still very much your identity today. Like, do you think that that's something that energizes you or pushes you to keep going because you kind of wouldn't know who you are without it? I, I have absolutely no idea who I am without this this whole life that I've set up for myself. Absolutely no idea. I, I don't really have... Uh, uh, you, you know, everything revolves around it so much. Um, I don't really know what I would do if I wasn't doing it. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the thing, isn't it? And you know, everybody and people. The the strange thing is is uh, you know like if it's what's happened a few times. You know, look, I, I maybe a, a builder comes around or a, a painter. He goes. Yeah, Luke Slater, Luke Slater. Yeah, <laughs> you used to do the raves, didn't you? Yeah, I was there, mate. I was there. You know, and you're trying to kind of, oh, okay. So how long is it going to take you to paint the wall? And he's going, yeah, I was there, man. I remember that course. You know, so people kind of love it. You know that 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 whole thing. It happens all the time. You kind of get used to that kind of. Um, you might want to talk about something else, but ultimately people want to uh, be involved in the, that 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 side of it. So you just kind of embrace it, I guess. 